Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's already 1.30, so you guys go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're off a pre-grid now, Mike, onto the racetrack. Let's do it. The <laughs> track is hot, sir. That's right. Uh, hey, it's great to see you. Good. Thank you. Back at you. I, uh, I think, uh, you know, we, we have to... Uh, we have to clue in this audience that we uh, actually know each other pretty well and uh, have had the pleasure of uh, being co-conspirators since we uh, produced Sports Car Magazine for the SCCA and uh, and uh, uh, we're we're on Team SCCA. So uh, well, I, forgive we my cheerleading. Sir, and I, we just got our new shipment of no, November December Sports Car Magazines. Just had to get that plug in there, and they're fabulous. Yeah. So uh, excited to have the year-end championship issue on uh, all our members' uh, desk. Yeah, that uh, uh, you know, I haven't even seen it yet. So you've got me beat. <laughs> I, uh, but great, Mike. It's it's wonderful to spend time with you today and talk about uh, really what's what's happened uh, with SCCA in the past year since we we last met here in this forum. And uh, I think uh, part of what we're going to talk about today too is the lessons you learned uh, yeah. through the last two or three years that have shaped Absolutely. your business and your strategy going forward. But um, you know, I think I always like to reset a little bit, get back to the beginning. Uh, a lot of our audience may not know your background and how you came to the SCCA and and the, and the moment you came in. So could you just give us a short run through uh, your, your uh, journey to uh, leading this club? Absolutely. Well, uh, the, the brief bright and gone summary is I met the club through my father, uh, through family, like uh, many folks inside the club. I grew up uh, dating myself here, grew up in the uh, passenger seat of a Datsun 2000 Roadster, an MGB GT, Austin Healey Sprite that my brother had, anything else I could get into. Um, for some reason, my dad got out of sports cars as I became old enough to get my uh, driver's license, um, although I did take my uh, driver's uh, test in a pristine 1971 240Z. So I was yeah. infected early on. Um, my dad raced uh, SCCA autocross and solo, uh, grew up in Amarillo, Texas. We didn't have road courses, but we always followed SCCA national championship runoffs, especially my brother and I. We actually went out to several runoffs, um, not as drivers, not as uh, crew people, but just as uh, spectators because we love sports car racing and the sports yeah. cars and the drivers. We just love the whole thing. And um, fast forward several years, uh, I was not a member of the SCCA, although I was actively following it. And uh, I noticed that there was an SCCA solo event um, at Texas Motor Speedway. I asked my beautiful bride, I said, babe, would you mind if I, if I went out and played with, uh, with cars? And she said, no, go do it. So I took my uh, four-door Mazda Speed protege, not exactly known for its uh, uh, speed or handling, and um, went out there and joined, joined the fray with the uh, Texas region SCCA folks. Um, and I'm afraid they set the hook and I've been uh, playing with the SCCA ever since. Um, that led to an opportunity to uh, throw my ring in the hat uh, when the uh, president CEO position uh, became available. Um, and several of my friends, you might have friends like this, Paul, they said, you know, Cub, uh, you can't drive with a rep, but you're, you, you use a lot of big words every now and then. So we think you might be qualified as, an, yeah, as a leader like my life. potentially for the club. Uh, raised my hand and um, uh, by the good graces, uh, fortunately landed this position and have been uh, part of uh, the leadership team here since uh, 2017. So. Uh, just it got here just in time to uh, help navigate a global pandemic. So there we go. Good timing. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I think sometimes fate delivers us to where we're supposed to be. <laughs> well, I um, I tell you what, I have been through. Uh, uh, I was uh, leading a company in 2008 through uh, one of the greatest, uh, largest recessions since the Great Depression. Um, that same company, unfortunately, we also had a four alarm fire that burned down our physical plant completely. Um, so I've, I've been through a couple of force majeures, um, and, uh, but nothing will prepare you for what happened in 2020, right? Yeah, um, right. And so that, that's kind of the bad news. The good news out of that, though, is um, as I've been listening into a lot of uh, uh, industry leaders uh, through your uh, through your uh, webinar series this week, um, you know it's a it's a pretty uh, dedicated, pretty committed, pretty resilient bunch. Um, yeah. And we might get down a lap, but we fight like hell to get back on the lead lap, right? And I'm happy to say that the SCCA, uh, at this point in time, um, fighting back from 2020, is back on the lead lap. Our membership has never been stronger. We have more full-time members than we've ever had in the recent history of the club. Um, and, uh, and we're moving forward with some exciting things. So uh, uh, while, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's inflation running rampant. There's all kinds of things that we need to be aware of and try to plan in and around um, and be cognizant of, of as we're leading businesses. But um, I still believe that 2023 uh, can be a great year for, for all of us in the motorsports space. Well, it, it uh, and again, thank you as a, you know, someone who's lived my life in the SCCA and through the SCCA. Thank you for what you and the national office team did and, and all of our members, fellow members in the field did to bring this club through it. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, we're all a bunch of goofballs that just want to go play with our cars. So that, Amen, uh, brother. I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, the thing that's exciting is that uh, I've seen profound evolution of the SCCA during the last few years uh, to become something that I think it's always had the potential to be, yeah. but be more accessible to more people by what its primary proposition is. And, yeah. You know, the SCCA that I came into, you you know, I was uh, as a young person coming into it at a time where the echo of the 60s was still in the air and the feeling of, you know, Americans going to Le Mans and Formula One out of the SCCA was still very present. Club racing was at this uh, near professional level at some in some classes with factory right. teams and a very serious intent to move into uh, the realm beyond to a moment now where there was a lot of competition uh, at the grassroots level, level of racing. Uh, and there are a lot of product offerings out there for people to get on track. But SCCA is doing it in a way that it's just plain fun. And you have programs that uh, have a different level of commitment than having a trailer or a full setup race rig to take your stuff to a racetrack. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about that evolution that been taking Yeah, place? no, that's a, that's a great segue. I mean, uh, you know, uh, relative to some of the other industry leaders that have been on the, the series this week, I mean, we're really participant-based. Um, do yeah. we have spectators? Absolutely. But we're really... Um, as the largest amateur grassroots motorsports sanctioning body in, in the U.S., we're really more focused on amateur engaging amateurs in motorsports across what I call the SCCA buffet, which is everything yeah. to your point from from road rally to autocross and solo to time trials to track night in America um, to uh, to full on club racing into you know the ultimate pinnacle for us, which is the uh, SCCA National Ch Championship runoff. So. Um, you know, and every one of those uh, user groups, if you will, have different um, 
desires, different uh, things that they're looking for in their in their experience. And and um, you know, our our overarching goal is to deliver the best motorsports experience we can to enthusiasts, uh, focusing on that amateur cadre of uh, of young participants um, across all of our programs. And so we've really been focusing uh, for the last three or four years, really on uh, experience and engagement, right? So to your point, you know, how do you how do you drive and experience engagement through through products and programs? Well, Track Night in America was specifically developed and deployed to help lower the barriers of access, get more people uh, with regular street cars, not full-on comp cars, on a track, kind of a bucket list, you know, check the box kind of life kind of thing. Um, and that program, Paul, over five years has gone from zero participants to over 10,000 per annum. Uh, and roughly uh, in size and value to the club, it's like having a uh, SCCA national championship runoff at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway every year. So it's a it's a big deal. Uh, mo more important than the financial aspect and or the participation population aspect is who that kind of program is attracting. Yeah. It's attracting, to your point earlier, folks who are not um, maybe not the... Um, the, the previous typical suspect or prospect for the SCCA, right? It's a lot of folks who maybe didn't grow up like you and I uh, with family uh, and, uh, you know, deeply invested in sports cars. Um, you know, we've got folks who show up at a track night in a Volkswagen Beetle. And I mean, as long yeah. as they've got a, a helmet and a seatbelt, they can get on track. And, you know, um, uh, not throwing any shade at Volkswagen Beetles. I happen to like them. I'm just saying that the, that you can go from that all the way up to, uh, you know, a Corvette C8 and all points in between. So it's really was designed to be low barrier of entry, high level of engagement, focusing on the experience. And that's why um, I'm proud to say that we do our kind of own, our own poor man's version of net promoter score. And across 150 events in 2022, the likely to recommend rating, which is a combination of top two box overall experience for Track Night in America is 98. So 98% of the folks who participate in that program said they're like, based on their experience, they're likely to refer that. I got to tell you, if all of our programs were running at 98%, um, we'd have to buy a biggest off, bigger office space. We'd have to build more technology to house all, all our members because we'd be, uh, we'd be 2X in this thing. And I think that wow. that kind of concept is one reason why we're seeing membership growth rebound um, post-COVID as, uh, as aggressively as it has. It's just yeah, that we, there's more options to be involved. And we, we see it as well by, of course, uh, the magazines we mail and, and noticing the steady increases in, uh, in the full household membership mailings uh, that we're doing. So it's, it's great to see this return of energy just almost immediately. Yeah, you know? no, it's fun. Uh, uh, when there was a little bit of uh, opening and uh, a, a crack in the window, if you could, to, to get outside <laughs> and play. Uh, SCCA members went out and did that and yes. uh, uh, were an obsessive bunch. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing I think that we, I want to talk about a little bit today, if people are not familiar with the SCCA and our audience are watching this later, the SCCA has historically been the backbone of professional racing, not on just the racetrack itself on the surface of the track, but in the, in the many volunteers who support the activities that make racing possible in the U.S., right. uh, the, the, uh, they're, they're referred to sometimes as the workers, but what they are, the very specialized groups of people that 
that deal with all aspects of operating and, and safely running an event. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I think, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a mid-pack hack when it comes to racing cars, uh, and I'm also uh, probably a parallel and competency uh, marshal, corner marshal. I will yeah. say this, uh, uh, shout out, quick shout out to my partner in crime, Mr. John Doonan, whom I know is uh, someone you know quite well. Yes. John and I did get to co-marshal turn three at uh, Road America this past June at the June Sprints. And oh, uh, I, I have a little bias, Paul, but I think we did fabulously. Um, <laughs> we didn't create any uh, on-track incidents or uh, slow anything down, and it was an absolute blast. But the, mention, the reason I mentioned John is not only because he's a, uh, a great friend and a, a, a great leader inside the sports car uh, industry within North America, uh, we are actually, SCCA has actually partnered with IMSA and John to really kind of define how we might work together to better attract, retain, and train the next generation of volunteers. In fact, it's so, it's so fun I'm talking to you today. I actually, we're working on, um, I have a bazillion acronyms because that's the way I speak, but we're working on launching our new LMS system, our learning management system, and one yeah. of the first modules of training that is delivered with sight, sound, and motion is our new FNC Marshall training course. Um, and um, happy to say that I think there's a shot of John and I inside that course. But anyway, the, the real point there is we're going online to digitally train folks, you know, where we used to hand them a, a notebook that was three to five inches thick in a morning yeah. meeting at 5 a.m. and say, okay, you know, let's get through this real quick and then we'll put you out on a station. Um, the where we're going with this is, hey, Mike Cobb, if you want to flag at um, the, the, the runoffs and or Road America or any event next year, you need to get your FNC license and the, the catalyst to getting that license is taking this certification course online through SCCA Academy um, and being invited out to the dance. But so I'm showing up out there at the track not as an experienced corner marshal, but with training before I get there. Yeah. And then once I get there, the seasoned veterans who are out there who work those corners are the folks who are going to really kind of help us take it to the next level. So I think a lot of those kind of efforts, and that's just one chapter in kind of the, the training and development book. Obviously, to your point, there's a host of disciplines required to put on a road race event, timing, scoring, grid, control, operations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they won't let me in the tower, Paul. So I have to work corners. Uh, and I love working corners because my thought is if you can't drive an apex, get as close to one as you can. So uh, that's, that's the only way I'm ever going to get close to an apex. <laughs> <laughs> working FNC is, is how we do that. So I'm really excited about that. And, and just to kind of show you the scope of that, the initiative that we're deploying, we actually uh, applied and got some FIA grant funding to help support and launch that. So um, wow. It's going to be done in a first class fashion. It's totally evolutionary for the club. Um, and as you know, that's the way folks learn um, to, in today's world, in a distributed world. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's growingly uh, more and more online every day. And so that's going to be our new foundation for training. Especially uh, young people uh, who consume uh, how to uh, and uh, uh, background videos on things are interesting and, and this is a great doorway into our club and in the sport you know I yeah I speak from an experience where I literally grew up in the SCCA that everything I am began with the club and the mentorship that I received at all levels of uh, the club you know the the journey was facilitated by the many uh, uh, great people I met that taught me about not just 
racing, but life and responsibility and all the things yeah. that come with that. So when I look at the fact that the SCCA is spreading its wings, if you will, to be more inclusive, less exclusive, this was a club when I joined, you had to have somebody recommend you and yes. endorse you to be a member. Uh, which was particularly hard for me, but <laughs> the, uh, the the thing we have now is is a very different society, very different competitive landscape of what else is out there. And you know there are other programs and other things that you're bringing to market uh, uh, you know that I have some visibility into and, and and you've experimented with some things. I'd like to talk about that. Not everything works, but some things do like practice right. home run. yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to just run down some of the other things so people can get an idea of the dimension of what SCCA is, is currently doing? It's sure. right. Um, I mean, one of the things we also launched this year, and I've heard this as kind of a repeated theme, listening to some of the other um, U.S. sanctioning bodies, folks like uh, IndyCar and USAC, and, and, and just through conversations with John, is we're all challenged with, you know, how, how to improve that on-track experience uh, for drivers and for workers. But one of the things that we did this year to help kind of uh, improve that for our racers, we launched a uh, initiative called Green to Checker, yeah. uh, and the, the end game of that is to really drive um, more track time. Obviously, green to checker, start to finish, right? Less offs, less less toes, less wrecks. Um, uh, providing more uh, driving space, racing space on track. Um, you know, all of those kinds of things. Uh, we launched that this year, and that is uh, we're starting to see uh, by tracking the data based on the number of incidents at core events. We're starting to see a positive lift uh, based on that. So I think um, going forward, again, going back to where I kind of opened the conversation today, Cobb, what is, what is the SCCA focused on going forward? While we deliver a lot of different programs, two variables that are constant and common across all those variables um, are um, experience and engagement. Um, so that is taking off and working well. Um, I will be transparent and, and uh, respond to, hey, Mike, what was something that didn't work for you recently? Um, and uh, I'm not proud of this, but I tell you, we did try to, uh, we had hoped to launch into the enduro market this year right? Um, with, uh, with a, a championship and with a series. And um, uh, this might be, um, you know, opportunistic speaking or what Monday morning quarterbacking or however you want to look at it. But um, I don't think we could have picked a worse year, Paul, to try to launch a new product into a mature market. Yes. Right. I mean, we're all battling five, six, seven dollar diesel. Um, that market uh, is stocked well with folks who are doing a very good job, whether it's AER, whether it's World Racing League, whether it's Lucky Dog, uh, whether it's Champ Lemons. I mean, and forgive me for missing some folks, but um, very few of those folks are doing a poor job and leaving anything on the table. And what we found as we got closer to launching that, we got one event up and running. We got some great learning out of that. We've got a great, I think, classing uh, classification framework out of that that we're going to continue to grow and develop the enduro program with going forward. The learning out of that really kind of came to this is at this point in time, we are not capable and ready to launch a nationally driven top down program. We feel the better way to grow that going forward and to get into that space, which we're going to get into is bottom work working collaboratively with the regions. As mm -hmm. you know, we have 115 regions across the club. And all of our road race regions um, are looking for additional ways to create higher degrees of engagement around their road racing weekends, 
And so we see the enduro product, especially the shorter duration enduro product, being something that can be additive to a club racing weekend, just like track event, just like yeah, right. time trials, et cetera. And really kind of creates a, attracts a broader audience, obviously creates a higher car count in terms of participation, which ultimately creates a, you know, a positive cash flow story for the regions who are hosting those things. Um, a quick, a quick uh, example of kind of a, a uh, uh, I will use a term and probably get in trouble for using it, but we, we call them mashups. So uh, this year in 22, the Steel Cities region had a mashup that had a club race weekend, a time trials national tour event, a track night in America, a solo event, a road rally event, a driver school and a track event all on a three day weekend. They had over 400 cars. The region did fabulous. We had sent national staff down there to be additional SWAT team boots on the ground to help support the region. Um, and, you know, and we asked the, the, the region executive and the leadership team down there, I know this was a big lift, but do you want to do it again? They absolutely said yes. Uh -huh. So going forward, when you, when, if you go to, well, Mike, what kinds of things might be in store for the club going forward? I would tell you based on the success of those kinds of things and the ability to get exposure and engagement through those kinds of things, we're going to be doing more of those kinds of uh, weekends going forward. Absolutely. Well, that, that, that's exciting. There's a gravity to that. Um, and there's a crossover power to that too. Uh, when people see what the other people are doing in the other areas they weren't aware of. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's interesting. We talk about the Enduro space and in a lot of ways, SCCA was doing the Enduro thing <laughs> before everybody else was. And as often happens, right. the pioneer in the space moves on and does something else. And somebody comes in and does it later, maybe better, maybe differently. Um, but there are a few things that the SCCA has, has done particularly well uh, that uh, are, are, are difficult to replicate the the secret sauce of what the SCCA does, and that's your solo programs for me. I I look at the magic of the solo nationals uh, uh, and kind of the cultural phenomenon that that is. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that for people who don't know what that a is? Absolutely, what a, a great segue. Um, uh, there is a a great thing over the next twenty four months. We're going to be celebrating uh, not only our eightieth anniversary in twenty four, I believe. But also um, in uh, 23, we will have our 50th um, uh, Tire Rack SCCA Solo Nationals in Lincoln, Nebraska. And as you know, Paul, that's the largest uh, uh, amateur racing event in the world based on number of participants. Typically, yes. it's around 1,250 plus folks on that's 100 all. acres of glorious <laughs> concrete in Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places. Um, and we'll be having our uh, 60th uh, SCCA National Championship runoffs at, uh, at VIR, both of those occurring next year. Um, but getting back to the, to the, to the solo piece, because that's what you asked about. I mean, that, that event um, is hard to replicate, A, because of the size, the scope, um, but also because there's a, I heard the, 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 the previous industry leaders talking about um, kind of the culture that, that, that they were trying to build and some of the off-road racing experiences that they were developing. There is definitely, you've been to Solo Nats, there is definitely a coach, a culture there um, that is uh, palpable, that is fun, that is fiercely competitive. You know, I've heard it said that we go there to race for six minutes and uh, oh, hold it. we go there for a, a five-day party and race for six minutes or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there is no drinking and driving, just to be very clear about that. Um, so, uh, but, but that is true. It is some of the fiercest, 
driving competition in the solo world uh, at one venue across uh, you know 20 plus classes um, and it is also a fabulous experience some of my my favorite times at solo nats are really much like my favorite times at the runoffs early in the morning when folks are up early working on the cars getting stuff ready and late in well later in the afternoon when folks are working in the car. And then if you're really brave, later that night when um, there's quite a few extracurricular activities going on in the paddock at Solo Nets, yeah. um, some of which I can disclose publicly and probably some I can't. But anyway, it's an absolute, um, it's an absolute happening and just one of the best experiences uh, in the club. And again, back to kind of our overall experience likely to recommend ratings. I think Solo Nets this year uh, was ranked somewhere in the high 90s, like probably a 95, 96. So the way we look at things is if we can continue to repeat programs and experiences where 9.5 to 9.9 out of every 10 people who participate say they'll refer it to someone else yep. based on their experience, I think that's a pretty positive uh, forecast for growth. It sure is. And, and uh, you know, uh, aside from the fact that I like to think of the solo net, net direct solo nationals as a, uh, kind of like uh, uh, Burning Man with codes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty good analogy. I yeah, think. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty whack when I've been there. I've got to say it's fun, fun, fun. Uh, but the, uh, the the reality is that's what you're about is fun. Right. And uh, that that's why I stayed and still love the club so much is I've had a blast. Yeah. You know, and I've met some of the very best people I could ever ever possibly meet through this club. And I came for the cars and I stayed for the people is, is a pretty common phrase I hear in the SECA. Absolutely. Yes. And the uh, the thing, I, I think we've got a couple of plugs I'd like to make. One is uh, uh, we've, the mashup is happening again in August with Steel City's uh, region next year. Uh, and then uh, I want to mention the national convention upcoming. Oh, absolutely. This uh, next year in January, uh, January 23, we'll be hosting our national convention and we'll be doing it virtually um, so that we can get uh, um, a lot more folks engaged. We have found, uh, this was one of the learnings out of COVID. Um, right. We did not want, we didn't want to not get together, uh, but we were precluded from getting together. So we pivoted and, and started trying the virtual conventions. Uh, this one will last for approximately a week, week and a half. Um, and all of our general sessions, our annual meeting, all of our breakout sessions, all of that is available to folks 24-7, 365 via playback, just like this series right here, and yep. available to stream real time. So um, excited about that. We've got some special guests um, uh, already uh, committed to join us for that event. And uh, of course, on uh, the Friday uh, of the launch of that event, that's when we do our annual Hall of Fame. Uh, you might remember something like this, Paul. Yeah, I showed up uh, for that last year. <laughs> yes, sir, you did. Uh, so we'll have yeah. Hall of Fame on Friday, um, Member of Excellence, Wolf Bernardo Award, a lot of things that are really, yeah. really, really important recognition moments for the club to recognize folks who've contributed so much to our success. Well, again, it's, uh, if, if, uh, if I'm going to say anything about this club is it puts a smile on my face when I think about it. And uh, you're one of the reasons, Mike. It's it's just been a pleasure sharing the screen with you today, as it has been uh, uh, our imaginary racetrack we're on right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, please pass along my uh, regards and respect to uh, your teammates uh, at the national office and all of us at Racer uh, 
love having you as a drafting partner in life. Uh, uh, well, absolutely. And, and many thanks to Racer, um, e Trade and, and Speed Sport for allowing us to be part of such an elite body of uh, experts. I told my wife I was going to be on an industry panel as an expert. And she said, you? And I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, some folks think I'm an expert. I'm well, just kidding. You have been on three times. So when it's time to do our Hall of Fame uh, race industry, you'll, you'll be addicted. You'll be I want to be the one that presents. That's right. Yes. You're very gracious. Thank you so much, team, for the opportunity. We appreciate to be part of the motorsports community. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Of course. Thank you very much. Registering on EPAR Trade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.